Welcome to Cone and Kruger. It's Larry Kruger. I'm Grant Cone. OTA start today. Theoretically, the Niners had a practice today. Things happened. Theoretically, Sam Darnold and Trey Lance competed today, and coaches are watching film right now. It was close to the media, but Larry and I will be there tomorrow charting, watching, judging. It's going to be a lot of fun. Larry, how you doing? Doing great, man. Fired up. Can't wait to get down there. It's the first time we're going to get to see kind of the remade Trey and this oh, yeah. awesome Hall of Fame uh, quarterback that they've brought in to compete with him. Can't <laughs> wait to see it. Everybody loves him. The greatest thrower in franchise history. Can't wait to see this. Greatest, wow. greatest thrower. I may even have to Woo! go up to Mayoko and say, do you know that we're in the presence of greatness? I know. It's, we're not Sam. worthy. Okay, it's going to be a lot of fun. We got to talk about what we're going to do today, instead of sort of making a case of why one quarterback is better than the other, we're going to do best case scenarios for all three. And I think it's going to be a fun exercise, just like how good do we think each of these guys could be if everything breaks their way. But we'll save that for later. We'll start with some rule changes. This came down today. There was an owner's meeting. Jed was there along with the other 31 owners. First of all, they approved flex scheduling for Thursday night games, 24 to 8. One of the 24 owners who voted for this was Jed. And the idea is, uh, you know, every team has one Thursday night game in their schedule and they hate it. Well, now, at any given time, they could have another one as long as it's not a second one on the road. They just need 28 days notice and the NFL can do this whenever they want. And, you know, owners will profit. And so will Jed. What do you think? I think Jed voted for it because uh, somebody told him, uh, you know what? Hey, owners, all you guys need to vote for this because this will put more money in your pocket. And so, yeah. that's what it's about. Yeah, it's about, yeah. Hey, you know what? If they got Bengals, Browns, and that's some dog meat game in December, and the Niners are sitting there uh, with some really attractive game, but it's going to be played at, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon on Sunday, they want to flex that bad boy into the national TV Prime spot. time prime time and make more money. And Jed's like, wait a second, I'm going to make more money. So the check that you're going to send me at the end of the year, which is already incredibly fat is now going to be fatter because if I vote this way, yep, it will be. Oh, okay. Where do I vote? Yep. There bing click. Yeah. I vote for it. And I wonder, I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be a competitive disadvantage for the Niners. They already have two on their schedule Thursday night games. If they were to get a third one, you'd be like, wow, that's overkill, but it would have to be a home game. And usually the home team is at a big advantage in those Thursday night games. So maybe it works out for him. I just, it feels like the NFL wouldn't do that to the Niners, a third. It, but again, then again, if, if Jed voted for it, maybe he wants it. The, now you said something there. Is that true? It has to be a home game? You can't have two Thursday night away games because, again, the, the home road disparity of those Thursday games is drastic. Right. Huge. So it's, yeah. it's, so if you, you, you could have three Thursday night games with two of them being at home, but not two, two of them being on the road. Can't have two road Thursday night games. It's not fair. Okay. Yeah. No, yeah, I, 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 I mean, well, there you go. I mean, to me, I mean, that's really the rub. I mean, you saw the, you've seen the numbers. The, the team that hosts on Thursday night has a huge chance to win. So, like the Giants, yeah. the Niners play the Giants, I believe, in week three. That's a right. Thursday nighter, but it's at Levi's. So it's a little bit more stomachable. They usually have those Thursday night games be teams that are close to each other. Because the home road thing is so drastic, they try to minimize the the uh, I mean ho- travel. Close. Because if it's cr- if it's a cross country game, that's your, the team that has to travel is screwed right, right. away. They try to make it like loss. proximity uh, fairness. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah, why so- even show up? Like just take the loss and move on. Oh, I know. I mean, yeah. uh, you know, I mean, and especially if you're playing 
Um, like the Niners played a Thursday Thanksgiving day game, Thanksgiving night game in Baltimore. And then but Ravens are a great home team. And of course the Ravens won. That was years ago, yeah. of course. Harbaugh, Absolutely. Harbaugh. Moving on with more rule changes. The NFL approved uh, a new rule allowing a third active quarterback. He's an emergency quarterback. He has to be on the 53-man roster. Um, he, he becomes like an extra active player. Instead of getting 45 active players, you get 46 or 46. Or 47. It's just an extra active player, and he can't play special teams. He can't do anything else. You can't have like Taysom Hill sneaking in playing running back as an emergency guy. He can only play if the other two guys get hurt. If someone comes back, he can't play anymore. So it's just basically the 49ers rule. This is this scenario never happens, but if the Niners ever get in this predicament again, Sam Darnold can play. <laughs> yeah, well, once again, we'll call this the, <laughs> the NFL, NFL, NFL carves out more cash for themselves rule. I mean, that's really right. what... If they had right. somehow looked at the numbers and saw that, man, it was so intriguing to the audience that one team didn't have a quarterback and so many more millions of people tuned in for it, they probably don't make this rule. But because they probably looked at their numbers and saw that outside of San Francisco and Philadelphia, TV sets were going off all across the world, and that game didn't do as well in quarters two, three, and four as it should have, they're like, oh, hell yes, we're changing this rule. Absolutely. So, yeah, it's, a, it's another rule to guarantee that they make more money, but it's also a good rule because last year the yeah. NFC Championship game was the most was the biggest waste of time Ever, I mean, that was that was probably the worst football game I've ever watched because, you know, the Niners' chances of winning it went out what six plays into the game. It's a lot of it's a lot of bad football. You know, I, I, I can you explain to me why there are inactive players in the first place? I don't even get it. Why? Why? Why not have fifty three like guys? Yeah, yeah. Why is it forty five? Why? why? Doesn't make any sense to me. It's just the way it's always been, and they just feel like they want to keep it that way. But yeah, I mean, with yeah. specialists being more bigger part of the game than ever before, you would think they would up that number a little bit, right? I, I would to make it like okay, we have one more quarterback. Like yeah, like how about just have fifty-three man rosters? It's so weird. But okay, it is weird. Good. It's like it's like yeah. it's like okay, you're on the roster, but you're not really on the roster. It's such a I, who does that serve, or does it mean they have to pay out fewer game checks? If you're inactive, do you get less money? Like I don't I don't think so. Oh, I don't think so game check. either. What's the point? I don't think so either. I do. Save yeah, that's money. I don't, you I know, is it, care. is it about the integrity of the competition? Do they want to make it the same that it's always been so they can say that football hasn't changed and they compare it, you know, but to do me, they do inactive. Like, do they do inactive rosters in college, uh, inactive players in college? Or is it just like 80 dudes no. on the sideline? No, like 90 I don't guys. I don't even think yeah. there's an, I don't think there's an in season or out of season. I think it's just a 90 man roster. There should be 90 man rosters in the NFL. I don't it I don't get it. It doesn't make any sense to me. As long there as the minor leagues, there should be 90 man rosters. Come on. As, as long as it's equal, I'm fine with yeah, it. It's fine. But yeah. um and and to me, if we're gonna if we're really gonna care about that, we can't say over here we care totally about the players, but then over here, oh, you know what? Yeah. We don't want to increase the number of bodies yeah. taking these hits. So yeah. either either one's lip service or the other's lip service. Baseball teams have like 12 pitchers. And, well, and why can't and football teams have twelve quarterbacks? Squads and minor yeah. leagues, and yeah, this they're just cheap. These owners, well, at least they're going to be profiting from more Thursday night football games. Great, good for them. Always rooting for the billionaires to get a few more money, a few more dollars. I, I personally would love to see the NFL grant go to 
a 20 game schedule, but just up the rosters, up the roster size. The money is absolutely coming in left and right. You got all this new gambling money rolling in. It's a good point. And and people want to see it. But the NFL is kind of caught in between, Grant, the mom and pop roots of its origins and this corporate thing that it's heading towards. And it's like there's still little little inconsistencies there. Just just expand it to like 50 teams. No, there's not enough good quarterbacks. You can't do it. You can't do it. If there were more good quarterbacks, you could do it. But, oh, well. How about this, though? Then then at least if you go Thursday, Sunday, it's not a big deal because you got you got guys that you can use on That's Thursday true. that you didn't use on Sunday. That's a good point. Um, a good already point. we start to see that, by the way. More jobs, at, more games. Go look at the names of the players that are inactive on Thursday and then look at those same teams the previous Sunday or the following Sunday, and you'll see that there's that's where teams start to use their their depth is in the Thursday Sunday trade off. Well, we'll play them Thursday, but we'll sit them Sunday. We'll play them Sunday, but we'll sit them Thursday. Um, and that that's what they're already doing. Here's my problem with Thursday games. I feel like they're just for fantasy football people, diehard fans, and gamblers. Yeah, they're usually terrible games. What's the best Thursday night football game you can remember? All time. Seriously, I they mean, usually suck. They are usually awful. They're division games. And not only that, even if it's good matchups, it's people like, well, it's not always good matchups. It's not even about the matchups. Even if it's good matchups, you still get these lousy games. Football games, no game plans, just super vanilla. Players getting hurt. It's like, ugh, it's terrible. It's it's bad. And I just don't see how that, but I I mean, I guess I'll put it on. I mean, I'll have it in the background just to have something on television, but I can't say I enjoy it. I don't know. Whatever. It's definitely not putting your best foot forward. I definitely mean, and then the players hate it and the yeah. coaches hate it. And it becomes this huge stress on everybody. Can you rest up and get off your feet? And yeah, it's it's not good. I can understand if the product make, was great. Right. It's primetime games that everyone loves. Like, no, they suck. They're awful. It's just a awful. it's just a way to keep people in the casinos, probably, a yeah. way to keep people wagering oh. on it, fantasy yeah. to some degree. Um and what's what kills me too. They, they commandeer another night of the schedule. That's it. That's, That's which really is it. smart. Uh, what kills me though is Richard Sherman back in the day. Uh, what he used to was a man of principle. He would talk, rail against Thursday night football, how bad it was. Now he's an analyst on Thursday night football. Funny how life goes, huh? I mean, <laughs> exactly. that could be me one day too. That could be me one day too. I could be that <laughs> hypocrite. I'm not taking a shot at Richard Sherman. All right, let's talk OTAs. We're going to get some quarterbacks in a minute. Maybe you'll be the, the Thursday night commentator. No. <laughs> There's way too much in my past, man. I'm never getting past that Kinlaw thing. Corporate? No, never happened for me. Sorry. Okay. We're going to do quarterbacks in a minute. I'm going to take some questions in a minute. I know you guys want what you guys want to ask. I don't want the, the show to go off the rails just yet because that's drama, and we'll get to the drama, but not too much. I want to talk football. I want to talk OTA. It's going to be tomorrow. I don't want to talk uh, quarterbacks just yet. So which player, which player do you think is going to make the biggest jump this year? There's always a guy. That year two, year three jump where you look at him and you're like, man, he looks like a totally different person. Wow. Biggest jump from year one to year two. Um, it could be year two to year three. Yeah. But I'm going to go year one to year two. Well, um, I think Kalia Davis is is the That's guy that I saw at the end of last year that I thought, wait until the fans see this guy. Because he's 300 pounds and he moves like a linebacker. And when you have a 300 pound guy that can move like that, those guys sack the quarterback. They make big plays. He, his college film was awesome. 
Um, yeah, Kalia Davis, I would say, would stand out. And the other guy is Womack. There were so many times last year that Womack got his fingers on a ball and then just didn't didn't catch it. Well, this year, with more cut-up film watching, more recognition, more experience in the defense, a little bit more knowledge, he'll play a little faster. I expect him to take some of those back for six. Cool. Um, those are good ones. I... I'm not assuming that any young player makes a leap, but if I had to guess which one will, I'm going to go with Spencer Burford. There's a lot of hand-wringing about Spencer Burford, a lot of questions. He wasn't great last year, but I think another way to look at it is, I mean, he was a lot better as a rookie than Aaron Banks was. He had to move from left tackle to right guard, and uh, he actually had a better rookie season than Drake Jackson. Yeah, you know what I mean? Started all like Drake year. Jackson just kind of just disappeared. Burford was battling and playing most of the game. He didn't play all of the, you know all the snaps, but he played most of them as a rookie. I think he, this guy looks like a real pro. I mean, he took that job immediately. I mean, that was pretty impressive for a fourth round pick. I think Burford is going to come in with his head on straight and uh, look like a a stronger version of him. He's like thirty five inch arms. This guy has special dimensions for a guard. I think he's going to be the guy. I think that's a good call. I was just talking to Raj from RSF 49ers, and he had gone to some that 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 uh, kickball game that they had yesterday, and so he had a chance to go see Spencer and some of the players, and he said Burford looked incredible. Boom! That's what and I'm saying. He looked, said he looked nice. bigger and stronger, nice. and better shape, and that Spencer Boom. said to Raj, "Man, I've been working. I've been working. Spencer's got it all. Man, that was an incredible yeah. draft choice because this kid is smart." Yeah. And he's uh-huh. the physical prototype. Yup. And it's, again, arms, nothing against powerful. Banks, but Banks wasn't quite ready. Like, they were like, mm. he had to go back to his original position. He had to change his body. Like, Burford took a day. He was a left tackle who walked in uh, to OTAs and started at right guard because Brunskill was hurt. Kept the job. Like, that's a real pro. And he was like 21, 22. I'm betting on this kid. I'm, I'm not even going to call him a kid. I'm betting on this guy. I think he's going to look like a grown man uh, tomorrow. That's my... I'm glad Raj said that. Shout out Raj. Yeah, Burford. Bur- I mean, I mean, you know, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, in a year where the Seahawks got an awful lot of credit for Abraham Lucas and Charles Cross and bookend tackles, the Niners put together bookend guards. You know, I mean, Banks yep. and Burford, I think, are going to be the Niner guard tandem for probably for the next five to seven years, maybe longer. And I think the thing that stands out about Burford more than anything is his arm length. He almost has 35-inch arms. That's a big asset for anyone on the offensive line. Like, we like Joey Fisher and Jason Pollock. They don't have length like that, and this guy does. So he just he was young. If he could get a little bit stronger, uh, because you do have to go against the, the strongest defensive players in the league playing guard, but that's the one. The question I have is Drake, because Drake didn't, you know, just take a job the way Spencer Burford did. Drake had issues with, as all the coaches have said, they had issues with strength and consistency. Like he got like, I feel like the light bulb has to go on for him where it already went on for Burford. So I'm curious to see what, what Drake looks like. We've talked about him though. Yeah. I mean, um, Wilkes referenced him and, and yeah. um, you know, it's funny. Raj said he looked leaner. I was hoping that he was going to say he looked bigger and, you know, heavier, but he said he looked leaner, but he, you know, either way, I mean, you got to be in great shape. Uh, to play that spot, and they're leaning on him. And unless they're going to go sign another edge rusher, they're sure. really leaning on him. So yeah, J- J- Jackson's huge. I'll throw one more name in there: is Nick Sakel. You know, Nick Sakel. Uh, uh, Lynch sounded, uh, you know, shouted him out as the guy who's had a great off season. 
he's six, six, 315 pounds and yeah. he's smart and he's tough yeah. and he's fierce and he's a great competitor. He's got a he tested a lot better than McKivitz did. No, I know not that that means anything. He might, he something. could beat out McKivitz. He might, if, yeah. you know, I mean, I'm eager to see how they, are we going to see anybody run with McKivitz? Is there anybody who's going to compete with McKivitz? Or is it is is it just McKivitt's gig? And if it's if it's Zakel, I think Zakel might be the guy who might have greater upside than McKivitt's. I think one of the things I'm most interested about tomorrow is just seeing how the offensive linemen are positioned. Like who's playing where tomorrow? I'm really curious to see where the hell Zakel is. Start. I mean, right. there's going to be a spot for him. I would imagine. They just won't tell us. Right, and there's and they've got some other young. I mean, Matt Pryor, Feliciano yep. is poet yep. guard. Is he at center? This guy Il Manning um, looked really good in the mini camp, and he plays yes, left did. tackle at Hawaii. Is he going to play guard? Yeah. Is he going to play center? He's center. Um, he's play center. So I think I'm I'm eager to see those guys. I'm also eager to see Braden Willis. I thought Braden Willis in the rookie mini camp looked incredible, and I'm eager to see do they use him in multiple spots or is he just a tight end or or what? But he looked good to me. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if the Niners end up evolving into like a two tight end offense once Juszczyk's gone. Because it's, I think that's kind of where the league is going. It was like a spread offense, three wide receiver league for a while. But I think you see the Rams, they were a two tight end offense. A lot of teams are having success with two and three tight ends. You saw the Niners do it. Like you put three tight ends on one side of your line and run play action, that corner's screwed. He has to, he has to fill the E gap. He has to be a, like a run fill player. And then, he just gets lost in coverage on play action. You saw teams doing that last year. I think you're seeing there's a reason why Niners drafted two tight ends, the Packers drafted two tight ends. Like that position is on the rise. Stock up. You're going to see that. No Red question. Move. And also, yeah. you know, I think it's kind of interesting too is that, um, you know, Coletto can play fullback. Willis can play fullback. Huschek has almost go, almost had his roster spot kind of almost uncontested yeah. throughout his t- tenure in San Francisco. Is are they? Do they want to challenge him for his roster spot or these guys? I think it's his last year in the team. Hot take. I think it's his last year in the team. I mean, it's getting up there. It looks like it. It looks like it could be. Yeah. And they've got a lot of younger guys who might be a little bit more dangerous in the passing. I don't know. But cheaper. I mean, just cheaper Cheaper for sure. And and, and just as versatile, maybe. Yeah. I mean, I'll say this. Guess how many carries Huschek had last year? If you had to guess. Six. That's an awesome guess. He had seven, but I mean, oh, I would have said, yeah, it was a handful. Twenty-five yeah, instead. It was like seven. Mike Allstott used to carry the freaking ball. Like he, he was a factor. Also coached by Bobby Turner in college. You know that Purdue? No, that blew my I mind. Know that. Bobby Turner. Yeah, that was this guy. And then he got hired by Mike Shannon. He was so impressed. Anyway, Bobby well, I wanted to mention Jack Coletto. Another guy. I bet you Bobby Turner uh, saw something and was a big reason they brought him in. I'm. I'm interested in Jack Coletto because any type of ball carrier the Niners sign as an undrafted free agent ends up being like a pro bowler. So I got to see that. I asked Jack Coletto. I did an interview with him this weekend and I asked him about Bobby T and he's like, he's a character, man. He just started laughing. Uh, so, you know, Bobby T, if he likes you, all, man, that's a good thing. He's got all kinds of sayings and he's got all kinds of philosophies and uh, you know, he's, yeah. he's truly old, old school. school. He is truly old school, old school for sure. It'd be an honor to be coached by him. I mean, God, just, I don't even know if these if these kids know. I'm going to stop calling them kids. But I don't even know if they know their history. You know what I mean? Like, this guy has coached Hall of Famers, and he thinks you have something special. That's pretty heady stuff. Yeah. And they defer to him. So these running oh, backs, as they should. 
these running backs and these, um, you know, fullbacks or anybody in the backfield at all, you get the stamp of approval from Bobby T. Um, otherwise, you're not in the room. You know what I mean? And then also, you also got Anthony Lynn there. Anthony Lynn is really, really respected running back coach in this league, too. Certainly. So I mean, this is a good spot. Bobby Turner fact. So he was at Purdue for a couple of years. Coach Mike Allstott went to the Broncos. Before then, he was at Ohio State, coached Robert Smith. Bobby yeah. Turner, he's been he's been running like I formation outside zone since like I was in diapers. And you're not going to be able to convince him that your way is better than his way. You know, no. his way is tried and tried and true. He's, he's his been coaching this since Kyle Shanahan was in like sixth grade. Right. I don't you know. know I, I mean? wonder. I wonder. Sometimes people ask Kyle questions about the running back usage, and I always wonder: Does Kyle even have a say? Thank you. Thank you. You know what I mean? Thank you. And, and, and I wonder, like, how important say is that? Yeah. Of course, because that makes he Kyle look like he's not really in charge. But I think Bobby T. Agree. Might be. So we talk the, about the, the lack of a rotation. It might be on Bobby. You know? I don't know. I don't know. But he's the best, and I thought it was interesting. Last year, he took a little time off to have a procedure. They started off one and two. He was back by week four. He is very important to them. And they made it seem like, oh, you know, he's, it was just always going to be week four. It was like, I don't know about that. I kind of felt like you were one and two. And Kyle's like, Bobby, please. Bobby, please. <laughs> What's going to He's like 75 years old. Eventually, the Shanahan's are going to have to leave him alone, let him go. He's only worked for them in the NFL. I've never heard of something like that. It's amazing. He's a lifer. Well, he worked for he worked for at Alex Gibbs, right? And then he wasn't in Denver, or I guess for Shanahan. They all worked for Shanahan, right? Yeah, I mean Um, he's he's in the family. Yeah, in the family. Anyway, okay. And and not only that, he's a super like some guys just know the X's and O's, but they don't know the the players. This guy's got an eye for the talent, so it's like he's also says, you know what? I want that guy. I like that guy. I mean, look at their yeah. look at their run of undrafted free agents with under right. Mike Shanahan and Kyle Shanahan. It's, it's a nice list, and this year's guys are Kalen Labor intriguing as well. Yeah, and also, so we we mentioned guys we didn't mention who's going to make the biggest jump this year. Ty Davis Price. I'm not so hopeful. That's a guy that I don't think Bobby Turner picked. Bobby Turner was had a leap of absence when they were picking him, and that's why they brought in Anthony Lynn. So Ty Davis Price, don't know. Dave Danny Gray. Like to see it. I mean, these guys were third round picks, and guess yeah. what that gets you? One year on scholarship. They've had their one year. It's, it's time put up or shut up time. Yeah. I mean, because Jordan Mason's guys, good. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Mitchell's good. I mean, Labor's that, coming. Yeah. I mean, and, and, and the numbers are, you know, this team's going to have three quarterbacks. They're going to have a bunch yeah. of D linemen. There's a lot of young offensive linemen they like. They just invested in some young DBs. So, guess what? That means it's probably only going to be five running backs, and one of them's Huschek. And McCaffrey, Mitchell, and Mason are, you know, so really all these guys, Coletto, Ty Davis Price, A. Watt, Labern, these guys might be battling for literally one spot. And at yep. receiver, the same thing. I mean, Danny Gray may be battling six six receivers for one spot. Ronnie Bell, all these guys. It's like Ty Ronnie Davis Bell Price. Ronnie Bell is great. If, if you don't think they'll waive you even because you were a third-round pick, dude, go look at Trey Sermon. They will waive you. And everyone will applaud them for being, you know, for not uh, engaging in roster politics. Like, it's time. But you know what? Maybe it's a bad fit for him. Maybe. What was interesting, I was listening to Bobby Turner or talk trade. about. They could trade him. Yeah. Yeah, they could. Well, he was talking about, a lot of people say, you know, anyone can play in this outside zone system. Like, that is a total misconception. It is like a, a hand in a glove. There is, it's a marriage. It has to be a good fit. So he just, he might not be a good fit for this. Um, Mason is. 
Mason's great. You got to have good Mason's, vision because yeah. it's not like a defined track. Like if it's a power play and you're trying to kick out and block down, like it's just you're just creating one hole. Vision isn't as important, but in in zone, outside zone, it could it, you could cut back, you could take it all the way to the edge. Like there's like different tracks. You got to be decisive. You have to have good vision, and not every running back can do it. Well, I mean, then some of these guys like Trey Sermon had this pick and slide. But it's more like a one. You go from pick and slide where you're kind of right. hunting for a hole to yeah. one cut and go. Just one. Put yeah. your leg in the ground yeah. and yep. get. You got one chance to cut it and go. Right. You can't cut. You can't. You're not going to. You don't need to do any of that. traffic. Nope. You're going to have to one cut and go. Kind of a back. I think they like price because of the speed at 220. But right. so what? I mean, now you, you got think McCaffrey, about it though. Like you if, you're, if you're running between the tackles, you need that pick and slide, right? Because you got linebackers coming from all over the place. But if you're running outside zone, you're getting to the edge of the defense. You, you, you don't need to pick and you just need to run really fast to a spot and then hit one cut and get the hell up field. And that's why guys can be 200 pounds running this because you're not running between the tackles per se. But you, but if you're tentative. It just cr- it just crushes the Tevin Coleman, Tevin Coleman, or, or Sermon. I mean, Sermon was yes. very very tentative, and even Ty Davis yes. Price yes. at times shows you know tentative. He's a little tentative. He's like tiptoeing indecisive. through there. Yeah, I mean, indecisive. The guy that Mostert looked, was always decisive. Mostert had unbelievable ability to just get to full glide in like two steps. But the, I'll tell you, Crazy. this Laburn back looked really impressive to me. He yep. caught a couple balls on the sidelines in the Mickey mini camp and and made guys miss. He got up the field. He's kind of thick in the lower body. He's got tackle breaking ability. I I think the running back competition is going to be good. Okay. Name the player you think will have the biggest regression this year. No disrespect to any player that's watching, but we just went full on positive and we gotta make a prediction for the sake of sports analysis. So who uh, do you think it's gonna be? Biggest regression. It's a great one. Gotta be someone. The There's always someone. Yeah, there always is somebody. Um, Last year it was Debo, frankly. He had yeah. a great 2021, came back down to earth. Maybe he bumps it back up. Or it could be someone old. I'll, I'll take Tayshawn Gibson. Me too. Just because there's not a, this ro- I mean, this roster doesn't have a lot of old guys. That's one. True. Okay. Yep. And then Tayshawn. I think had a really productive year intercepting passes. And yep. he also, I thought benefited from not having to play the full season. Um, and I also just think that, you know, he's, he, he can play that deep middle as far as be a ball Hawk in the deep middle. But as far as the other aspects of playing safety, uh, I think there's a very good chance that Jair Brown's better than fair than Gibson blitzing so, coverage, anything yeah. in the box. You know, Anything hitting in the box, in the box yeah. closing, yeah. Um, tackling. But I mean, in, and playing man, like if they want to play yeah. any man coverages, I think Jair yeah. Brown's going to have more success playing man. I think Gibson's nice if you want to, if you're going to play a ton of cover three and and you want a deep yeah. center fielder ball he's hawk who has, who when the ball's in the air, he's not just going to bat it down or get a finger on it. He's actually going to intercept it. That's Gibson. But he's there's, really we- good. there's some weaknesses yeah. in his game, I think, yeah. beyond. He's a split safety or a single high safety, but you don't really want him in the box. You don't really want him in man-to-man coverage. Yeah, and like the whole thing with Jair Brown is like he's supposed to be all of those things. So I'm with you. He's like also Deshaun Gibson. No disrespect to him because he's had a great career, and I feel like people have been probably counting him out for the last five years. But he is like almost. He'll be 33 in August. At a certain point, 33 year old DBs like it's kind of a obvious one to bet on. 
There's also Trent Williams getting up there, Eric Armstead, George Kittle. If any of those guys have a regression, the Niners are in trouble. So I'm not I mean, banking Hughes on check that. might be on my list. Use check. True. Use check. It's a good one. It's a fair one. It's and, a fair and, one. And, and then I don't think these – I think there's going to be real regression from Warner and Dwelly, even though they're somewhat young players. If but they even make the team. I think they're, they're going to be challenged for their roster spots this summer. I right. think it's going to be hard for yep. those guys. And then there's a question to Purdy. Does he play? Does he regress? Does he pick up where he left off? All the, we'll yeah, the, the TBD yeah. on Purdy for sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, and then maybe, you know, maybe uh, Brendel. You know, well, I would Brendel. Uh, well, He's, I mean, Brendel could have been a flash in the pan, and if so, yeah. they got Feliciano, so they're covered. I was going to say maybe Jawan, just from the standpoint he doesn't run a great forty time, and now he's had sure. a couple of years in the league, and. Um, like you know, there to me, like he still should be ascending, but but um, we'll see. I mean, I'll like say this about the Niners. One thing about the Niners, they don't have a very old roster. There's most teams in football you no. can find seven, eight, nine guys that you're that you're like, oh, you know what? They're probably not going to be as good this year. The Niners kind of get move off of those guys. It's a it's a really young maybe, maybe Trent Williams. There could be some regression Trent. from Trent Williams. That would be no good. Trent, we're counting on you. We we okay. Let's talk quarterbacks, and then I'll get to your. Comments at the end. Best case scenario for Brock Purdy's career. We've talked about what he can't do, although we don't really know because he started eight games. Let's let's let our imaginations run wild. Best case scenario for Brock Purdy's career. Russell Wilson. Like? Russell, Russell Wilson. Wilson would be the would be right. the the best the best he could be. And when I say that, what I mean is, you know, Russell. What's Russell's record against the Niners? Sixteen and four. And in so many of those things, so many of those games. You know, they just need like how it seems like my my recollection of these Seattle Niner games is that somehow the Niners defense yeah. gets into a situation in the fourth quarter where they have to stop Russell Wilson from getting a first down or two. Otherwise, the game's over. And then he always gets those first two, those first downs and the game's over and he wins. Yeah, I just think when I saw Purdy slide last year and he kind of put the ball forward, I think it might even have been in the Seattle game. Um, he, he's got a lot of Russell Wilson, you know, he's, he's got big hands, even though he's a smallish guy, he's a little thicker. That is little, true. That's a good stronger. point. He, he has a nice pump fake like Russell Wilson. I'll give he, him that. He, he does. He's got a little bit of Russell in that Russell he does have a have little a bit big arm, but Russell throws an accurate deep ball. He's he Russell's Russell through Russell through the best deep ball. I've one of the Russell throws a, just drop it in the basket, kind of a deep oh. ball, just perfect deep ball. But I think yeah. Russell, I don't think Russell has the greatest arm strength of all time, but he has big hands and he Huge. is athletic and yeah. he can make all kinds of, and he and Purdy reminds me of Russell in just like, you got a lead. It's the second half. You're trying to put the game away. Purdy seems like the kind of guy that would be really hard to stop from getting a first down. A few first downs. Yeah. Because just he can use his feet. He can flick yeah. it. He's all these different arm he motions, all this underneath yeah. stuff. So I, he I won't quit Russell. on the play. He's a playmaker. Yeah, I think people say Breeze, one, I, but I don't think I don't. See I was going to go with Breeze. I, I was going to go with Breeze because to me the arm is is more similar. Like like Russell Russell did have a gorgeous deep ball. Like Chuck, he could bomb that freaking thing down the field, um, and it would just go so freaking high. It was amazing. Like Breeze didn't necessarily have that arm, but he was he kept improving until he was like 27, 28. But by the time he was that age, he became like just the most accurate, quick decision maker who could, you know, push the ball down the seams. 
he wouldn't necessarily get it out to the sideline, but like up the seams to Colston and Graham, he would be very aggressive at 27, 28. Um, and also he got benched when he was 23 or 24. I want to say with the chargers came back, had a pro bowl season was the comeback player of the year at 25. Like, um, he wasn't always Drew Brees, but he had he kind of like kept improving. That's who I was going to go with. I'm not saying he's going to be Drew Brees, but if we're well, questioning you know, his fun. arm strength, that's another guy. Okay, so I'm doing an interview that people can go check out on uh, YouTube from last year. I sat down with Willie Sneed late in the year, and I'm like, Willie, give me your give me your rundown on Brock, man. You're a receiver. You're an old head. You know, you've been in this league for a long time. You've seen a bunch of guys. And we're losing our minds saying, man, look how great he is. But you guys know what's real and what's not real. You tell me what you think. What's real? What's not real with with uh, Brock? And he's like, man, he just reminds me every time I see him of, of Drew Brees. And this <laughs> guy played with Drew Brees. There you go. So he sees Drew Brees go. comparisons. That's fair. Um, I see Russell comparisons just because I just think that he Russell, runs around like Russell. And also, Russell, it just felt like Russell pulled the Houdini thing so many yeah. times where it's like, the Niners have yeah. him. They've got him cornered. Yeah. Uh, now he slipped out. And yeah. that's, that's kind fair. of what I see. With and those Rob. are the two guys he compares himself to. He's like, I'm kind of like a combination between the two. I think he kind of runs like Russell, throws like Breeze, but that's heady stuff. Because the thing, even with Breeze, like, like let's take the arm strength thing away from, from Brock because it's early. It, it's, it's hard to say if he has that kind of an arm. The durability thing, though, same with Trey. Same with Jimmy. Like, eventually someone on this team needs to show they can play 16, 17 games a year because Breeze was doing that in San Diego. He did that on the Saints. Like, he didn't miss games. He didn't have... I know he had the one shoulder surgery, but that was basically it for Drew Breeze. He pretty much played, and he was playing when he was, like, 40. So that's the thing that that all these quarterbacks have to show. Otherwise, they're backups, eventually. Yeah, I mean, I think one healthy. thing that Trey and Brock have totally in common is they both like to kind of show that they're tough guys that can take hits, but you don't want to do that in the NFL because the no. defenders are just Carson really Wentz did that. Yeah. You just, the, the, yeah. the defenders will win. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. So you, you can't take on Isaiah Simmons. You have to <laughs> run around. You can't run through no quarterbacks run through all quarterbacks run around. So it's Josh like Allen is the exception. Yeah, he probably he should is, stop. He probably should stop. And he's six, six, 230 yeah. and he does kind of send off those vibes like he can run over you but like you know trey tried to run over um like my only fear with trey at what it was as far as health is does he think he can run over guys like he did it at north dakota um in north dakota those 1100 yards that 1100 yard season man he ran over guys i mean he right. literally lowered the shoulder yeah and ran over yeah. guys and brock the same way brock yeah. is i mean I'd rather have a quarterback that wasn't fearful over a fe quarterback that's staring down the rush and really fearful, but a little bit of fear can be a avoiding, good thing. Avoiding contact is a, is a skill for a quarterback, and Russell Wilson was good at it. So was Drew Brees. Okay. Best case scenario for Sam Darnold. Kyle, you got Kyle Shanahan talking about he's the best thrower in franchise history. Okay. Let's be, let, let's be real here. What is the best, if everything goes right for Sam the rest of, the, rest of his career, what are we looking at? I think he's... I think he's uh, the equi the 2023 ver equivalent of Steve DeBerg. Ooh. Wow. I, think he's I was going to say Steve Alex DeBerg. Smith. Well, but Steve Alex DeBerg. Smith was I mean can he run like Alex Smith? I mean cuz Alex Smith Maybe not. Really Alex Smith. I mean I think really of Danny Dimes like Alex true. Smith. Fair. Um but I think Fair. Sam Darnold Fair. is the best he could be would be like DeBerg in Oof. that 
He's big. He can take a hit. He can got a good arm. He's got stature. He can run the offense, but there's something mechanical. There's something slowish about his delivery. I think, I don't think all those interceptions that from SC and so far in the league, they're not all just like, Oh, I don't know what happened. No, no. He's, he, he, there's there, he either has a hitch or he gives it away, he stares it down, but guys are breaking on his ball. And I just think that DeBerg always turned it over and he became a useful backup. But I think that that's, if you said to me, what is Sam Darnold's ceiling? I would say he's a Steve DeBerg. He's an NFL quarterback for sure. Like he'll always be an NFL quarterback that's for depressing. sure, but he's not the starter. He, if he is your starter, That's you're looking to upgrade, and but he's a he's a solid NFL backup. That's what I see. To me, that's like what that's the that's like the reality of Sam Darnold. I would compare him to like Blaine Gabbert or something like that. But I'm trying to go like pie in the sky, best case scenario. Let me make the case for how he could be an Alex Smith type. Yeah, Alex Smith was faster than him. Alex way Smith, smart too. Alex Smith was a super smart guy. Super smart. I don't know if Sam Darnold was smart. They're both kind of like kind of quiet guys from Southern California who I think may have had a tough time leading a locker room at a young age. I got in the, in the league early and I, I think Darnold, he might fit this team finally. He's a little bit older. He may finally have come into his own. He's on a West Coast team. He's a West Coast guy. I don't think anyone's looking at him as being like weird. I think he fits in and I don't know. I mean, all he needs to do is like stop turning the ball over. Like, because DeBerg would turn the ball over a lot. He, what they say about him, like, he'd play just well enough to get you beat. Like, yeah. he couldn't stop. He there's couldn't stop. Of, there's a lot of turnovers there. He just couldn't stop. So, I don't know. If Darnold can stop and be a game manager who moves around a little bit, that's ultimately how Alex Smith salvaged his career. He didn't become elite, but he became, you know, a smart, safety-first quarterback you could win with until you got to the playoffs. I mean, give you, here's DeBerg's career. He had 196 touchdowns. He had 204 interceptions. Yeah, he had double he played for digit, a long time. He did. He had double digit double digit interceptions. One. How do you still have any picks and four, stick around five, that long? Six, seven, Coach eight, must nine. love you. He had ten years. He had ten years of double digit interceptions. He had 43 interceptions in '78 and '79 in the early days with the Niners. So the guy only Damn. threw 20 touchdowns in a season one time. I think comparing him to Steve DeBerg is fair. Like we're gonna go real optimistic with Brock and Trey, but these guys, those guys have twelve, com twelve combined career starts. It's fair to use your imagination. With Sam, man, you have a lot of data to go on. It's hard to unsee the last five years of Sam Darnold's career, and I know that's unfair, but I think he probably feels the same way deep down. He's more those mobile than DeBerg. He's definitely more mobile than DeBerg. You know, maybe Gerback. What do you think of Gerback? Could he be a Gerback? God, he wasn't much better. <laughs> know, he wasn't I'm much better. Gerback in his career was 40 wins, 30 losses, 59% completion, 99 touchdowns, 81 picks. That sounds very Sam Darnoldish to me. That's fair. Yeah, he had a he had a nice arm. He straight through through hard for a for a West Coast quarterback. All right. And bigger guys. We'll give you Elvis Gerback. Elvis Gerback. Okay. Best case scenario. All right. Give me the best case scenario for Trey Lance. Finding a comparison for him has been very difficult. I got one, but this is just best case scenario. And I think I, 
I don't know. I'm curious to see what you say, but it seems like saying Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen, I don't know if that's even realistic in a best case scenario sense. Those guys are different. I mean, that's so lofty, but yeah, I do. But, but this, but, but Trey has an unbelievable skill set. So it has to be a lofty name. It can't be, it does. It can't be just like, you know, um, yeah, I'm trying to think who's athletic, but not, I mean, I I think people have made a lot of bad comparisons like yeah. Steve McNair. I don't think Steve McNair is a good comparison. I really no. don't. Uh, McNair no. McNair d- didn't throw it all the same. Yeah. Um no. I I I guess I would say hmm, I Mahomes is the guy that I thought of when I was advocating they should go draft him. I'm like, yeah. I I thought I saw Mahomes. Um as far as what did I see with Mahomes? Mahomes really cares about football, really wanted mm-hmm. to be good, had some mm-hmm. rough edges that needed to be, you know, worked out, needed to watch, sit and watch for a while, um, got a red shirt year. But yeah, I, I, I see, I see Mahomes from the standpoint of this. Mahomes is not a runner, but Mahomes for a guy who's not a runner, he sure does ice an awful lot of games with 20 and 30 yard runs up the gut. When nobody's mm-hmm. looking, when you're playing man mm-hmm. coverage at the end of games and everybody turns their you. eyes on Mahomes, He'll oh, there you. he goes. He, yep. he did it in the Super Bowl. He's done it against the Niners. He, you know, you get involved in a close yep. game and all of a sudden you're covering Tyreek and all these receivers and you turn your head on him and he sees a lane and he takes it. So I, I think running his skill set running wise reminds me a lot of Mahomes because Mahomes is not a runner. I don't think Trey's a runner as far as they're not Lamar. They're not right. Vic. They're not Justin Fields. Yeah, they're not. They're not. They're not. Anthony Richardson. No, but no, they're not Anthony Richardson, but, but they are the kinds of guys that can burn you with their legs. They're mobile. And I also think Trey is really smart and I think Trey is really motivated. So I think I see a lot of, um, I see a lot of Mahomes, um, but I'd have to think of, I haven't really thought of who's a good comp. It would have to be somebody who's got athleticism, but is very, very motivated um, to get better and smart. And like, I got a name. Like, who do you got? Andrew Luck. Now, Andrew Luck came into the league. Uh, he was the number one pick. He was a finished product. He was rookie of the year. No, he wasn't the rookie of the year, but he was he was in the playoffs his first year. He's also 23. Not he bad. also played a couple years at Stanford. He was on a really good team at Stanford. He was under center. He was playing like a pro. I mean, remember Trey was setting his own protections in college. Trey, I mean, he had the pandemic, and then he got redshirted, and then he got hurt. So it hasn't been the same path, but now he's 23. Luck was 23, his first year in the Colts. So I'm not saying he's going to be that good, but I'm not saying he won't either. I think best case scenario, he's that type of a guy who is essentially a pocket quarterback, but he can throw in the move, he can scramble, and he might take too many hits, if we're being honest. Andrew Luck took too many hits. Yeah, that's not bad. That's not a bad one for sure. Andrew um, Luck was great, though, from immediately. Yeah, immediately. and he was an incredible yeah. processor and this and that, but I think yes. Trey has potential to be too. I would say maybe a McNabb kind of a bigger version of McNabb because McNabb was not a runner. He was a pocket passer, but he also could, he also was tough. Yeah. McNabb never was sitting there. Pitter. The one thing you haven't seen from Trey at all, even going, I've never seen it on his North Dakota state film and I've never yeah. seen it in his brief time with the Niners. There's no fear. He's not standing yeah. in the pocket worried about taking a hit. He's not. Yeah. And McNabb yeah. wasn't either. McNabb yeah. was, could take hits and, yeah. and not be fearful. Yeah. So that, to me, that's a, 
That's not a bad one. Interesting. Also, McNabb didn't have what you would call like good throwing mechanics. Like he was all over the place. He threw differently every time. He didn't have the highest completion percentage, but he was a playmaker in a lot of ways. And the guys he liked him. The, yeah. And they oh, played yeah. hard. Leader. You oh, know. Yeah. Um, yep. That that yep. that might be that might be a good one. He, and and McNabb had a good had a good arm, but it wasn't yeah. like he had the greatest arm of all time. He just had a very good arm. And I would say Trey doesn't have the greatest arm, but he's got a very good power arm. Um, nab, you're right. I always felt he had like a beer gut, though. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, the, I, you know, I ever tell you the time in spring training, McNabb was sitting at the next table. We were watching Syracuse against Kansas in a in a in a game, and we were at spring training. It was an NC2A tournament game, and one of my buddies had a Syracuse jersey on, and McNabb comes over, goes. Hey man, you're a Syracuse fan? My buddy's like, yeah. And he's like, he goes, waitress. And he's like, this table, put this table on my tab. Dude, That's we so drank cool. for the entire night for free on Donovan That's McNabb man. because one of my buddies had a Syracuse lacrosse jersey on. Nice. Did you guys did you guys have a beer with him? Yeah, he sat there right there at the next table. He's a super cool guy. Yeah. And McNabb is really nice. cool. But I mean, our yeah. table, our bill was like four fifty or something like that. And he covered it. He didn't even know us. Yeah. He's one cool. of these guys who probably would have had a Super Bowl ring if not for Tom Brady. If Tom right. Brady didn't exist, McNabb probably be a champion. He had a he had his time. He was really good. He went to like a, like four or five NFC championship games, I want to say. I mean yeah, was he an MVP? I mean, McNabb, uh I would was say he no. a co MVP one year with McNair? I forget. I don't know. I would. Wow. I would. A while guess ago. No. But in, but I'll say this: McNabb was, McNabb was a a good player from the pocket, but also a good player off schedule, and a guy who could, if you gave him a lane, he could take it and burn yep. you. And yep. he football was super important to him. It wasn't like he was doing all these other things. He wasn't a half part time football player, part time this and that. You know, he he was all in. So you know, McNabb. McNabb, I think. I mean, Trey's bigger than who's McNabb. better. Who was better? Prime, McNabb or Garcia? I'd say McNabb. I'd say McNabb. I'd say Garcia. Garcia did go to. I what, think he was more accurate. Two Pro Bowls. Two Pro Bowls. Three Pro Bowls. Four. Four. Four Pro Bowls, Four. including one on the freaking Eagles. How many for McNabb? I wonder. I, I, let's see. Let's see. I don't know. I thought th those two. It was like back then. It was. Those I mean, two and McNabb went to a Super Bowl. Hell yeah, he did. It's true. It's true. He had some good defenses too. Okay, McNabb went to six. Yeah, six. He was Great 98, player. 62, and one. McNabb, Woo! but only fifty nine percent completion percentage. You know, it wasn't like he yeah completed a high percentage, but he played a long time. Seriously, yeah. My dad used to tell me that Bill Walsh would call him up on the phone and and like complain about McNabb. Like, look at his mechanics; he throws differently. Ever. I don't think he Walsh liked Garcia. That was his guy. I don't. I don't think Walsh liked McNabb as much. But maybe that was just a personal preference. I don't know. The one thing about McNabb was his guy is I don't think there was. I don't think McNabb had a single season in his entire career where he threw more picks. One season, fifteen to fourteen. He had yeah. every other season of his career. He threw more touchdowns than picks. He went eleven and five at twenty four, and he just won a ton of games through his twenties. Like, yeah, he was. They were tough to beat for like five years in a row. All right, oh, very let's get to player. the drama. A lot of people want to know, so let's get into it. At the same time, is drama is old news. Brother B, uh, brother Bob says, Larry, don't you think you owe Ryan an apology? Ironic, you rudely called him uninformed, which you quickly took offense to being called recently. 
Uh, and then he writes pig in a pickle. <laughs> That's pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, I like Ryan, but, um, you know, I, I, I think he, when you say, okay, I don't want to get too down this rabbit, too far down this rabbit hole, but there's ways to say things. And if you want to say, you know what? Brock Purdy's arm was just, uh, middling before, and now he's coming off a of surgery and I don't know what it's going to be. And it could be that he's a uh, dink and dunk quarterback. That comment, in my my opinion, is fine. But when you and he he did it for weeks, and people are like, "Wow, you know, it's suddenly this huge thing." It's a huge thing because I called it out as bullshit. I mean, I basically said this is bullshit. Um, he's not a dink and dunk guy. If you look up dink and dunk, it will say it's a disparaging comment. It's disparaging. Where where does it say that? If you just type in dink or dunk and dink and it dunk, it says it says it's a disparaging okay, okay. comment. Look, 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 look. So, instead so of putting think, Larry on the defensive, disparaging comment. I don't want to I don't want to have to like mediate a, a, a <laughs> fight between two guys that I do shows with because I'm not involved. So instead of putting Larry on the defensive, I'm just going to say that I feel like these two grownups can work it out. Is that fair to say he blocked two me. grownups? <laughs> he blocked right, I've me. blocked people before. I I, I've unfollowed Jack Hammer four or five times. <laughs> I've been followed Jack Hammer four or five times. Shit happens, man. I mean, it's sports. I don't think I it's don't that big of a deal. I don't care about mixing Maybe it up, wrong. but I just don't. I, I, I like right. Ryan, and I I had him on my channel because I saw him on your channel, and I thought he was intelligent and interesting and had good, good commentary. And so I had him on my channel, and I didn't block him, but he blocked me. I like to comment that a guy said, oh, I get all my knowledge. I get all my good NFL knowledge from you know rockland based mortgage lenders and i hit i hit like but that's after he had liked like 10 or 12 different comments from people ripping on me and i just felt like it wasn't that big a deal and then once he once i did that he like blocked me i got no problem with him you know i'd love to show up at his doorstep in rockland and just be like bro come on let's go yeah, have whatever beer. it just let's seems go like, have a beer yeah. let's go talk it out yeah. but um let's but i out. don't but I or, don't. Or, or just don't just don't work together anymore. It's no big deal. It's no yeah, big deal. But, but what I, I will say is, I don't like I don't see it was good thing. television. Yeah, it was I don't good like television. throwing. I got too heated. I'll say this: I shouldn't have got that heated. One because I shouldn't have got that heated. Period. Just I shouldn't get that I think heated. That's fair. Um, I think that's but fair. as far as do I owe him an apology? He said Brock was a dink and dunk we don't passer. Have to, we don't and have I to just, redo the whole yeah, thing. I just do you don't owe him an apology. No, I don't think I owe him an apology. Would it be cool if you guys had a beer? I think I that would, would be cool. But at the I same would time like to have a beer, I'd like to have yeah. a beer with Ryan and I'd like to talk it out things. and, yeah, no and, uh, I, I'll say sports this. opinion. I got to me sports, there's sports and then there's life. And as far as life goes, I really like Ryan. And as far as yeah. sports goes, we disagreed, but I would love it. And if you got heated. And that's kind of what's fun about sports debate. Sometimes is it can get you angry and you don't even know why you're mad. It's sports stuff. Again, I, I'm telling you, I've, I've unfollowed. I've gotten so mad at Jack, but I do a show with Jack every once a week. I'm cool with Jack. It's just the way yeah. it goes. And I hope it's I just mean, the way it goes. I, you know, I don't, I, so too. I don't dislike Ryan. I like Ryan. I wouldn't, I don't have anybody on my channel. I know you're the same way. I don't have anybody on my channel. I don't like so explosive disagreements are fun. On, we should have yeah. more of them. I know the it was fact fun. that I had him on is because I like him and I would have Good. him on again. And uh, See, I'm the peacemaker. Me? Ryan, let me just say this, Ryan. If you're watching, I you didn't go. mean to take. I didn't mean to attack your credibility. 
There you go. But I was mad. That's a good. I like that. I was mad that was you mad. were saying that a play. There you to, go. In my world, dink and dunk is what you say when you're saying a guy cannot do it. He Fair cannot enough. do it. And so that's the me, problem with terms that there are no official. That's the problem with terms where there's no official definition. It's like, well, what does that mean to you? To some people, that's like fighting word. It's like, that's my quarterback you're talking about. Shut up. I get it. Anyway, I'm glad that that you um, used I messages and said it made me feel this way. I felt angry. I got more uh, emotional than I needed to be. That's all. That's how you get through things. Love seeing bros being bros and working stuff out because that's what bros do. I would I like it. I'd like to get together with Ryan at Pig in a Pickle on it'll me, happen and we I will, bet two dollars it'll happen. We will too. work that we will work this out. I'd like cool. to Ryan and I'd, like cool. I'd like to work it out because I do like Ryan. I advocate that his channel is a good channel. I'm a yeah. subscriber to his channel. Um and you know, yeah. I got I got he didn't I got say anything little, about your family. You I didn't say anything about his heated. family. No, I, I mean, Brock's not related to you. Trey's not related to him. You guys will work it out. I'm em- I'm good. embarrassed that I got as heated as I got. I'll say that. And I, and I shouldn't have. Co- I shouldn't. He felt like I was questioning his, his credibility. I felt like I was just calling out the idea that Brock is a limited player. I don't think he's a limited player. I think he proved it. So we'll, see. well look, I think I think I'm not speaking for Ryan, but I'm sure he appreciates you saying all that. And again, it's over. Moving on. Ryan Jennifer Wood said, been waiting all day for OTA recap. LOL. Question, can I attend tight end you or is it players only? Players only. I wasn't there. <laughs> no media there. Me and Larry will be there tomorrow. Sorry about that. Uh, um, but what I wanted to say was tight end you. This is big. I, I, I don't want to get into it too much, but the whole thing of Trey going. Remember last year, he essentially ghosted Kittle. Kittle was saying, man, this guy's like Josh Allen. Remember that? He was going on busting with the boys. This guy's like Josh Allen. He's going to tight end you. Da, 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 da. Didn't go. That didn't help things, probably. And now he probably had a reason, but I bet you he shows up this year, Larry. I bet you he shows up. He's trying he to ingratiate show himself. Up. He Hell should. yeah. Trey, Trey needs show Kittle. Up. He needs yeah. Kittle. You all quarterbacks need your tight end. You gotta have good rapport with your guys. So I don't think it means everything, but I think it, I think it's good. I'd, I'd rather see Trey there than not. And at the end of the day, Grant, Trey needs reps, and he needs probably more reps than he's gonna get in this camp. So if he can get a few reps this summer between now and camp at tight end you and, and maybe have a beer or two with, uh, with Kittle and they can get on the same page and, and be, you know, everything's really copacetic between those two. I think that's advantage Niners. So I think it's great. I really do. And from Kittle's perspective in his defense, I've been hard on him with the whole quarterback thing. If I invited Trey Lance to my thing and he didn't come, I would be, I'd have, I would have thoughts. It's like, Dude, I want Jimmy to be the quarterback. I'm trying to like you. And you do this? What are you doing, man? So I don't know if that's what happened, but this is uh, hope. I don't think it's going to happen this year. Prediction. I bet you he's there at tight end you. Uh, Joey Mellons, I just put it in the chat. And sorry, I didn't put it last time. Stephen Pryor, breaking news. Tom Brady going to be minority Raiders owner. Cool. Interesting. Interesting team to invest in. There, you know, um, Mark Davis is going all in on this whole ex New England uh, group, right? Because in the GM, an ex New England guy, and McDaniel's is an ex New England guy, and good for Brady. Good for Brady. He's an owner. Fish and Chip says out of chat retirement. Shut up about the quarterbacks. You all know, like me, nothing. It's all for clicks and sponsored segments. You're making it not watchable. In our defense, 
think we went like 35 minutes in the show without talking about a quarterback. And it's you not all, it's not all for clicks. I mean, you uh, people care about this. Um, yeah. And the 49ers, I mean, God knows. The 49ers, between what John has said, what, what Kyle has said, what Rappaport has reported, he's an NFL network reporter, what, what people have said left and right, there's all kinds of wrinkles and interesting subplots. And let's be honest, guys, it's May the 22nd, and we don't know who of three quarterbacks who's going to be quarterbacking the Niners. And you, let's be honest about this. The 49ers as a, are a major story if their quarterback was established and set. The fact that they are a Super Bowl contender, in some cases a Super Bowl borderline favorite, that doesn't know who's going to be the quarterback, that's the yeah. biggest story in the NFL. All right, it's they're going to have us. an off-season quarterback competition, and it's going to be like The Bachelor. Like, they have to, like, you know, have talents and do dress up, <laughs> and then one, one of them is going to get a, a rose at the end, and he's going to be the starting quarterback. I would, it would be Sorry, awesome if... It'd be awesome if each quarterback answered uh, questions the way that, you know, Miss Universe does. That would be and so funny. Brock Purdy's yeah. out there. And I want, I want 49er world peace. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Or, or, or remember Thank that show, you. like, to tell the truth where you'd have, like, three people claiming to be the, the same person, but two of them are lying. And you had to ask questions to see which one was lying. Like, <laughs> right. you know, who's the franchise quarterback? And, like, two of them are imposters. One of them is going to stand. I don't know. <laughs> But it is like a game show. Nathan says, you guys are comparing Lance to Mahomes and Elway. He reminds me of Colin Kaepernick. What is a dank and dunk? He doesn't really remind me of Kaepernick. Kaepernick was like the pistol zone read god. Like, that guy was unstoppable on the zone read. Lance has been pretty stoppable on the zone read. So he's more of a scrambler, in my opinion. Um, dank and dunk. I don't know what a dank and dunk type quarterback. You tell me what a dank and dunk type quarterback is. I don't know about the dank, but the dunk. Um, Kaepernick. I know all about the dank. Yeah. Kaepernick. I don't. No, that's a good one, man. I don't know. I, I don't. I don't love the Kaepernick comparison. I don't. I think Trey's got way more upside as a passer. But I will I say agree. this: the one thing that is a good comparison is that Kaepernick did have arm strength, foot speed, and didn't needed very smart too. Needed uh, an intelligence. He needed work on his touch and his yep. timing. And and really, but he was resistant. He never, he didn't really want to do it. Developed. He didn't want to do it. He wasn't going out working with Patrick Mahomes. Well, a lot older than Patrick Mahomes, but you know what I'm saying. He worked with Kurt Warner, who like showed up once a week and was on like the the black or the whiteboard. Like it wasn't. I don't think he was as motivated. I think he was more motivated the most, to prove that he could do it his way. The most frustrating part for about Kaepernick to me is that he was a quarterback that had a lot of strengths, but his strengths were not touch or timing. And yet in the Super Bowl, Jim Harbaugh relied on him to throw a touch timing fade to over them, and over to Crabtree <laughs> instead of just running Kaepernick He's running or, the ball or Gore. That was the one that was the that one was that got away right there. That was bad. It really was. They were there. They were on the door step. Antonio was the Chiefs game. It was the Ravens. No. game. Yeah. Antonio Espindola says both quarterbacks need time at the end of the day. Yeah, man. It's really easier to play. That's the thing. Like the, the Rams got rid of Jared Goff, won a Super Bowl, but now Goff is in Detroit playing really well because they just gave him an offensive line. They got a nice little quarterback over there and they just gave him a great offensive line. Now he's a lot better at home than on the road. Did you see that split for Goff? Like he's terrible on the road. What is that? I, 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 I like, I liked Goff more than I like Jimmy. I don't know, but I always like people were when they Goff were, has a you know, real big arm. 
Golf Ra- Golf's got a big arm. I think yeah. golf, but the only thing about golf is I don't think golf really wants to take any hits. So if you can Soft. get a, you can get a couple good Soft. hits in the first half on golf. I think yeah. he's kind of looking around the whole game. Yeah, me too. I would if I play football, but I don't. Well, Fish and Chip says back to retirement. I'm sorry. How are you asking us not to pl- talk about the quarterback, man? How are you going to do that? <laughs> I got bills to pay. Also, look, it's not like what I want to talk about. It's what fans want to talk about. What am I supposed to do? Not talk about what fans want to talk about? I am here to serve. Brady is once again Josh McDaniels' boss. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. Is that true? Oh, everyone says that Josh McDaniels listens to no one and takes no input from players, and that's why no one has anything I say about him. That's what the book on McDaniels is. He acts like he's Bill Belichick, but he's not Bill Belichick. That's the thing about Josh McDaniels. Not Bill. Wants to be Bill. What a not weird Bill. situation, too. They had an all-world tight end, and they just traded him. Ah, get out of here. Then they added Michael Mayer. So I actually think the Raiders had a really good draft. We shall see about the Raiders, but. Yeah, we'll see about Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson. One more exactly, Larry. We don't know. We don't know. What do we know on May 22nd? (laughs) What are we supposed to talk about when OTA starts tomorrow? You want to talk about special teams? Let's talk about special teams. They're special. So good. Could they be even better this year? Maybe. Jake Moody. Boom. There it is. We did it. There might That's be it. some guy on offense or defense that we are talking about tomorrow. That's what I love about the OTAs is that yeah. we're going to like, he's going to be, I, a guy. I, I remember looking at you in May going last May going, man, I kind of think Purdy looks pretty good. Um, but I mean, there were, there's always three or four guys that are like, what? Look at that guy. Good or bad. So uh, the guy that, that, the guy that I thought was like, whoa, at rookie minicamp was the North Dakota State D lineman. That's the guy I'm eager to see this summer. I'm eager to see Marcelino McCrary ball. Yeah. I just saw him, by the way, at a dinner uh, for the guardsmen on Wednesday or whatever it was from last week. Grant, this guy's, you know, even more jacked than he was last year. And he has got a long way to go before he looks like that. He, (laughs) Marcelino, I think is, I don't know for sure, but I think there's a chance. He's an upgrade from Aziz. Oh, calling a shot. Hero Winchester says, I was at the kickball game and Trey was awesome. Talked to fans, teammates, signed merch. Brock wasn't having it. Shook his head at fans, wanting signatures, and was on his own until cameras were on him. Wow. Brock, Trey, Brock, people Brock are watching. Brock shined everybody at the softball game, at the kickball game. Yikes, man. That's crazy. I feel like people have stories like that from like their kid childhood, like Ronnie Lott and Jerry Rice. Like he signed my ball, or he didn't. Invariably, <laughs> this guy's a good guy. He signed my ball. This guy's a bad guy. He didn't sign my ball. Damn, Brock. Big time of people have a little bit of success, and all of a sudden, big league of people <laughs> over here, Brock. That's interesting. You wonder, like, if Trey wins eight games in a row, is he going to start big leaguing people, or is that is this what he's like? You know, I don't know. Interesting. Here I think. Tr- I think. I think. I think the the incredible part about this is that they have really two really spectacular people um both those guys are the kinds of guys that the that nfl players will follow it's just sure. a matter of who can play and who's who gets a chance to play and and how do they play but i mean as far as just like the person like one of the things spencer wagey told me he's like man you could be around trey for five minutes and you would know he's the leader yeah. he's like he's that kind of a leader but isn't it kind of interesting how like just where we are in time and space, what's happened that anytime Brock goes somewhere, he gets a standing ovation. 
And you go to a Giants game, like people just start throwing roses at his feet, like, thank you, Brock. Thank you, Brock. Because he had a, it was an, it was incredible what he did as a rookie. And Trey is like, oh yeah, that's Trey Lance. I remember he's still on the team. Like it, it may not be like that in six months. In six months, maybe people are gonna be having standing ovations for Trey Lance. But right now, it's kind of interesting. Like Brock Purdy's over here, like kissing babies, like waving to people like he's the new king of England. And Trey's like rehabilitating his image and so not that he did anything to mess it up but Niners fans are just hard like just, like Trey just... went to that A's game like well first of all no one goes to A's games but he was like <laughs> anonymous at the freaking thing I, I just think that the Niner fans are so hungry you know yeah. for who's the future who's the future and they'll get behind anybody that they that the team is behind but uh sure. but right now everybody's kind of it's kind of who knows people don't know what to do that's true um, couple more. It's QB nausea. Head coach, you should be at head coach, sir. But it's not that much we can talk about a head coach today. He has to do something. But I'll be watching him tomorrow. I have my eyes all over Kyle Shanahan. If he does something wrong, I'm putting him in my not so good section. I will. I'm not afraid to put a coach in a not so good section in the middle of May. I'll do it. I'll do it. <laughs> Nick Fan Thirty Four says if Trey has shown all this improvement, as they say. He has in working out with Mahomes. Wouldn't you say start Trey week one and see what he can do? Also, Grant, are you going to week one at Pittsburgh? Yeah. Um, yeah, but I mean, also, if Brock is 100% healthy, then he didn't he didn't lose the job. So, I mean, it's complicated. You don't start Darnold under any circumstances unless Trey is a complete disaster. Um, well, that's the, the thing. I mean, yeah. what's is 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 uh, Brock going to be healthy for? I mean, Shanahan made it seem like there's a chance Brock's healthy by training camp. Um, well, is Brock going to be there week one? If not, I mean, I'll say this week one on paper sets up uh, as a loss. The Steelers, yeah. I mean, I looked it up. They're eight and one in the last nine home openers when, when it comes in week one and, and they'll like be ready. 15 and two at Heinz field in the first game yeah. of the year. So, I mean, they'll be get ready. ready for TJ Watt, get ready for a whole lot of pressure on the quarterback, get ready for that game to be tough. a whole lot of different fronts. You know, the Niners could talk about that sometimes. Well, they show different fronts than we prepared for like, whole lot of fronts, whole lot of pressures. They can overwhelm you with scheme on defense, and the Niners' offense isn't necessarily really equipped to handle that early in the season, or at least it haven't been. So that'll be interesting. Yeah, no question. And and yep. um, I, I'm the whole the whole thing is that's going to be a tough game for anybody, whether it be Trey, Sam, Brock. That's going to just gonna be a tough game. So I don't know. I don't know It'll who's be a gonna... painful game. Yeah, I mean you're, you you know? better you better get rid of the ball. You better get rid of the yeah. ball. I mean it's. It's, that's gonna be a tough that that week one is gonna be tough. Week one's gonna be tough for anybody. So we'll see. I I don't know what we're gonna see there. I don't know if we're gonna see Brock at all in the preseason. Also, week one it often goes like some team beats itself. You know what I mean? Like in Chicago last year, Niners just sort of beat themselves with those Dante Pettis scoring a busted a busted play. Like, is that gonna so happen Niners in Pittsburgh? Had broken plays. Greenlaw yeah. had two penalties of late uh -huh. hits. Uh -huh. um, Debo fumbled know. in the in the red zone, like it just yeah. a, and then straight the, up beat themselves. Yeah. The Niners still would have won that game with Trey in on the road if if when it wasn't a they needed in the yeah quarter. yeah because when that the Niners tough. needed to really Take execute bro. offensively and pass yeah it wasn't passing or execution weather and it that's was right. huge huge factor. That's right. All right, well that's the show. Thanks for watching. We uh you know previewed we talked about hypotheticals we tried to be positive but all that shit is over with starting tomorrow 
it now tomorrow is just what we see on the field. What they did in the past doesn't matter. It's all they're all on the same playing field. Literally tomorrow. It's gonna be really fun to watch. I can't wait. I'll see you there. I'll see you there. What's the uh is it just one day of media? Yeah. Or is it really fortunately? I think they practice Monday, Tuesday, Thursday this week, and we get Tuesday. That's how uh, OTAs are. They, they they could give us all three days. The minimum is a day, and NFL minimum. teams often choose the minimum. Yeah. Mini camp is the whole is the whole shabanga bang, and that's in about three weeks. So I'll be there early. We'll see you tomorrow morning. See you there. Thanks for watching, everyone. I'm out.